Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Today, we continue our two-week teaching series, Chosen. This week, we'll be spending some time in the book of Acts, where we will consider how we have been chosen to fulfill a purpose that can outlive every single one of us. I want to begin with a question today, and that is, how do you know what's controlling you? How do you know? How do you know what's controlling your mind? And how do you know what's controlling your actions? The answer to that is probably whatever you're giving your attention to and whatever is devouring your time, that is what is controlling you. Here's our big idea for today. This is what we're going to spend our time thinking about. And that is what you give your attention to will control you. Think about that. What you give your attention to will control you. And whether that's a job or a relationship or a dream or money or a hobby, what you give your attention to will absolutely control you. We're in this series called Chosen. And we're simply thinking about how the church has been chosen to accomplish something. And when I use the word church, I'm not talking about buildings or facilities. I'm simply talking about a group of people. We're the church. And so we've been chosen. Valley Point Church has been chosen. And it's true that what we think about as individuals controls us. It's also true of organizations like the church like us. What we give our attention to as a faith community is something that will control us. So we're in this series called Chosen, and we're thinking about how the church, how we have been chosen to accomplish something and share the greatest message of hope ever. And that message is how God's love is available for all people everywhere. Last week, we were in Acts chapter 1, And we talked about how Jesus was getting ready to go back to heaven after he had risen from the dead. And so he looked at his followers and he said, look, you've been given power. That's been given to you. And you've been given a mandate to go and use your life. And you've been given an opportunity to make a significant difference in the world around you. So go now accomplish that and live as sent ones. And from Acts chapter one, we came to the conclusion that God has chosen the church. He's chosen us. He's chosen Valley Point Church to launch missional activity, not only here in our community and around the world. We are chosen and we are to live as sent ones. I also shared a special announcement last week. And in case you missed that, I shared with everybody that we are building a new building on our Bethel Road campus and we're taking this huge step of faith because we believe we've been given power and a mandate and an opportunity. And so we're excited about this journey and how God is gonna give us a new tool to reach and restore. And again, we're really, really excited about what God is going to do and how we, Valley Point Church, us as individuals and as a group, we have been chosen. So that's all Acts chapter one. 
Today we're going to unpack Acts chapter 2. And what we find in the beginning verses is an individual named Peter. And he's a close follower of Jesus, and he's all energized and excited about power and a mandate and how he's been given this opportunity. And so he begins to preach to a very large crowd. And he's really getting after it. I mean, he is telling them they need to change and they need to repent and they need to give their lives to Jesus. And a remarkable thing happens. They actually believe what Peter is saying and they're like, what do we need to do? And so Peter walks them through the steps of how they can give their lives to Jesus. And scripture tells us that many people on that day responded to Christ and a great group right there started what is the very first church. So that's all the beginning verses of Acts chapter two. I wanna pick up with how they responded to Peter and then think about what God wants to say to us. So I'm gonna start reading with verse 37 and out of respect for God and his word, I'd like to invite you to stand with me. Verse 37 said, Peter's words pierced their hearts And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Like we're hearing all of this and we need to respond. And so Peter replied, well, each of you must repent of your sins and do this. Turn to God, turn to him and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And get this, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So this is a big group. We're not talking about just a few people got it and became energized. There's thousands of people here. Verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Here's what they did. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, each day, this is kind of an incredible thing here. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his words. You may be seated. What I'd like to do is kind of go back to one particular verse and just peel that apart because we discover something very interesting in this verse that is gonna serve as a pattern for how we move forward with this bold step of faith that we're taking. It's verse 42 and it says, all the believers, which is very fascinating because we're not talking about 
four or five or six or seven individuals here and how you'd probably be able to get them together and they're gonna be able to agree on doing some things and that'll all be fine and good. No, this is at least 3,000 people. And verse 42 tells us that all of the believers, here's what they did, they devoted themselves. Now, do you see that word devoted? Shake your heads. (laughs) I know that you're with me. All right, all the believers, they devoted themselves. It's a unique word, which means this, to be attentive to, or to give an overdose of care to, or to be constantly ready for something. So let's think about this. All the believers, thousands of them are gathered together and they're giving their attention to something. They're giving an overdose of care to something. They are ready for something. So what I wanna do now is throw three questions at that verse so we can kind of understand what's happening here. Because if we get this, if we can embrace this, if we can put this into our lives, I think the step of faith is gonna be a journey that we will remember forever. And God will meet us all along the way. And we'll have stories to share that are gonna be just amazing. So let's think about this. All the believers, they had one heartbeat, they were moving in one direction and they gave careful attention to something. So here's the three questions that we're going to ask. Number one, what did the church chase? Because clearly they chased something here. And again, I think if we understand what they started to chase and we do the same thing, that's going to be great news for all of us. So what did the church chase? Question number two, what happened? Was it good news? I mean, what was the result of that? If they really got after some things and paid attention to some stuff, what happened as a result of their efforts? Did it work or not? So what did they chase? What happened? And then question number three, why is this important to us? Because this obviously happened many years ago, but what does this mean for Valley Point Church as we take our step of faith? Alrighty, three questions. What did they chase? What happened? And what does this mean to us? I'm gonna begin with question number one. What did they chase? Well, first of all, they chased teaching. I'm gonna go back to verse 42 and I wanna, want you to watch as this kind of unfolds for us. Verse 42 says, all the believers, they devoted themselves and we've already talked about that word and what it means. They gave careful attention to the apostles' teaching. That apostles' teaching was the truth of Scripture. And that's what they attached themselves to. That's what they really began to wrap their minds around, what the apostles were teaching. And what the apostles were teaching, like Peter, was the truth of Scripture. Now, I want you to listen to this because I believe one of the most important things that we can do right now as we start this amazing faith journey of moving from here to there and watching God just do incredible things in our faith community. I believe that one of the most important things that we can do is give more and more time to scripture and to investigating what God has to say there, to the apostles' teaching. And so we're gonna get after that and we're gonna do that. Why? Uh, Simple, really. 
These are the words of God. It's what he wants us to know. And they're living and they're powerful and they have the ability, the words of God. When we look at this, think about this. They have the ability to help us with everything that we face in life, no matter how good that is or no matter how bad that is. The words of God are living and active. They are alive and they can help us with everything that we face and endure. So these words are here to redefine our lives. And so that's why we need to give attention and make sure that we're ready for scripture, and for teaching. Now, I want to be the first to admit that this can be a hard thing. It's hard because life happens and we get very, very busy and things begin to crowd our lives. And if you're anything like me, often when we get very, very busy and stuff happens, we begin to push away from this and neglect it. And what's really unique about Acts chapter 2 is that this first church probably experienced the same kinds of things. They had lives and families and work and responsibility. And so they faced the same things that we face, busyness and all. But yet they just got to the point where they said, we're going to give careful attention. We're going to give an overdose of care to a few things. One of those things is scripture. And we're not going to let stuff crowd that out of our lives. Again, it's very, very hard. I know that for me personally, the times where I feel closest to God, where I'm just, you know, tight with him and we're walking on the same path and I just feel that my friendship with God is dynamic and real and he's right there walking with me. And even when I experience difficult things, I can kind of lean into him and I know he's there and he's close and I love those times. That always happens after a season of investing in the words of God and making sure that my personal well is deep with scripture. That's exactly what happened in Acts chapter two. They just said, with all of the things that can happen in life, we're not gonna neglect this. We're gonna give careful attention to scripture. Back in January, we did something that I thought was just a lot of fun and very memorable as a church we walked through a series called Life Verse. And some of you were here for that and hopefully you remember that time frame. Some of you may not have been here on that day or maybe you've started, to coming, uh, started coming to Valley Point recently and, and you weren't around for that. But here's what we did during Life Verse. We just said, God's word is a big deal. And so we need to make sure that we spend time in it. And so we encouraged every single person to choose a life verse and to memorize that and to hang on to that through the storms of this year. And if you remember on that day, we had a lot of people write down their life verse on a post-it note and we came up and we put it on frames and we're gonna be posting those frames for you soon to serve as a reminder of your life verse. Let me ask you this. If you were involved in that, do you remember your life verse? Do you remember what you wrote down on that post-it note? And is that something that you're still reminding yourself of? Again, I had to go back and review mine. It's in Jeremiah chapter 29, and I kind of re-memorized that again. And I've had some fun this week kind of thinking about that again. And I want to encourage you to do the same because devoting ourselves and paying careful attention to the words of God are vital 
And I cannot emphasize this enough. It is absolutely vital for the step that we are taking now. And we've got to devote ourselves. We have to give an overdose of care to time in scripture. Let me ask you this. Do you ever feel that people are always taking from you? Does anybody feel that way? Like people are constantly taking. Your kids take and your friends take and your boss takes and your workers take and everybody just takes, takes, takes. And you feel at the end of all that taking that you just have nothing left to give. Does anybody ever feel that way? I think that happens to all of us. But think about this. When the well is dry, and the landscape of life is desolate. The word of God has this amazing ability to fill. It just does. It works that way. Even the psalmist picked up on this when he said, I lie in the dust. Revive me by your Word. So here we have the psalmist and he's not in a great place. He's lying in the dust and he doesn't say, revive me with a little more me time or revive me with a fantastic vacation. As wonderful as that is and as needed as that is for us, he's like, no, I don't need more me time. I don't need a vacation. I need to be revived. I need to get picked up out of the dust. And the only thing that is going to do that is the word of God. Revive me by your what church? Your word. And that's what it does. And in Acts chapter two, this first church, they gave themselves, they gave a lot of attention. They were constantly ready for the apostles' teaching and scripture. I wanna just share with you how we make a big deal out of scripture here at Valley Point and how we devote ourselves to that because scripture is a big deal and we wanna make sure that we're spending time in it and figuring out what God has to say. So every weekend here at Valley Point, we unpack a paragraph and you've heard me use that phrase. Today, we're unpacking Acts chapter two. And occasionally that might be a few verses or it might be a lot of verses. It doesn't matter how many. We're committed to doing that because the word of God is active and alive. And so we unpack a paragraph because we got to figure out what God has to say. Our strategy for teaching involves asking three questions. What do we want people to know? So when I work on my talks and I begin thinking and praying and asking God to give me some words for Valley Point... And when I begin to write that down, I run it through the grid of these three questions. What do we want people to know? That's the information piece. And then what is it that we want people to do? That's the application piece. Because we want everybody to do something with what we've heard. And then I also ask the question, what do we want people to feel? So as they walk out the door, there should be some emotion involved in this. So what do we want people to know? Information is important. What do we want people to do? That's the application and the next steps and the takeaways. And what do we want people to feel? And here we teach for life transformation, not just the transfer of information. It's kind of a big difference there. So we're all about teaching for life transformation. We want 
everybody's life to be changed in the process. And we teach that way instead of just the transfer of information because God's word is alive and active and it has the ability to speak to everything that you face in life. We teach in series. And why do we do that? Well, it gives us the opportunity to just kind of zero in on a particular topic and really get after it. And what is so interesting about this group here in Acts chapter two is that they did this kind of stuff. This is the pattern of what we see in this developing church. They gave themselves to teaching and we need to be ready to do the same. Well, here's what else they chased. They chased life together. So when you go back to verse 42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So the idea of the word fellowship there is that they gave things to each other. But I think there was a lot more than them just giving stuff to one another. And they actually did that. And we read that towards the end of the chapter, that they shared belongings with each other, a pretty dynamic and generous thing. But beyond that, I think they shared ideas and purposes and activities. And they gave that and they worked at that and they dedicated themselves to doing that, to sharing ideas and purposes and activities. It's like they moved with one heartbeat. And again, what's so amazing about that is this is 3,000 people. I mean, to get 10 people to move with one heartbeat is a miraculous thing sometimes. But here this church is just thousands of people and they are fellowshipping together. They're sharing these ideas and purposes and activities. They move with one heartbeat. Here's what I'm really excited about for Valley Point Church. We have this wonderful opportunity in front of us with this big step of faith that we're taking to put a permanent footprint in this community that will serve people here and certainly around the world. We get the opportunity to move with one heartbeat. And let me just say, we have an enemy who will do everything he can to destroy that, to cause divisions among us, to get us going sideways with our energy and our momentum, to get distracted. He will wanna do that. He wants to destroy us and take us out. And so we have to work really, really hard at devoting ourselves and giving an overdose of care to fellowship, which again is the idea of sharing ideas and purposes and activities and moving with one heartbeat. Imagine all of us moving together. That's a powerful illustration of what God can do with people who just give themselves to God and to each other. And it'll be an amazing thing to see. But what else did they chase? They chased worship. Worship, again, verse 42 says, all the believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. And here's this line, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. It's kind of interesting because they're talking about the breaking of bread or the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist, which we call communion, which is simply a time where we get to look up at God and say, thank you, 
for all that you've done and how you provided Jesus to pay the price for our sins. And through trusting in him and his sacrifice, we can have this forever friendship with God. And when we break bread, when we celebrate the Eucharist, when we participate in the Lord's Supper, we have the opportunity to respond to the greatness of God. And that's what worship is. That's kind of the definition. And we say thanks because we remember all that Jesus has done for us, something that we never could have done on our own. And the early church gave themselves to that. Like we are going to remember and we're gonna respond to God every opportunity we have, which is the definition of worship. And they made sure that they set aside time to do that. We're gonna respond to God and we're gonna thank him for the amazing sacrifice of Jesus. There's one more thing that they devoted themselves to, and that is prayer. So all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. I think this group wasn't afraid to come before God and to pray in bold ways and ask God to do bold things. They just weren't afraid to do that. And you know what's interesting? God wanted to hear from them. And I think they came to the conclusion that if God wants to hear from me, then we're going to talk and we're going to share and we're going to ask. And you know what? God wants to hear from me, which sometimes is amazing for me to think about that the creator, the inventor, the one who is overall, he actually wants to hear from me. That kind of blows my mind every once in a while. And not only does God want to hear from me, but God wants to hear from you as well. And so we can go directly to him. He actually invites us to do that. We can walk right into his throne room and leave our stuff and our requests and our needs and our wants at his feet. And he invites us to do that. And the early church said, if that's what he wants, then that's what we're going to do. And we're going to pay careful attention to this and make sure that we give an overdose of care to praying. And it made a difference in their lives. It doesn't say it in Acts chapter two, but I really believe they prayed for each other and they prayed for their church and what was happening there and how God was working and adding people to their community. And I think they also prayed for their city and said, God, use us right here to be a bright light in this place. And God accomplished all of that. And it happened through them simply talking with God. And that's all prayer is. Simply talking with God and having a conversation with him, just like we would have a conversation together. And they devoted themselves to that. So that's what they chased. Acts chapter two, we've got this dynamic church and all kinds of things are happening here. There's 3,000 people and they're moving with one heartbeat and they chase teaching and life together and worship and prayer. Here's what they did. They started to reproduce the values of Christ in their lives and in their homes and stuff just began to happen and God used them to change that city. Now, question number two. What happened? I mean, if that's what they gave themselves to and they paid careful attention to teaching and to life together and to worship and prayer, if they really devoted themselves to that, what was the result? Did it work? 
Did God use all of that? What happened? Well, here's the result. There was buzz, as in a good buzz, right? Here's verse 43. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. There was energy and momentum in that place. And I think as people looked at that early church, they said, I want to be in on that. I mean, look at that group of people. They are crazy and they are helping each other and they are praying. Their lives are being changed and I want in on that. And that's how that church grew. So there was energy and momentum and buzz. There was also generosity. Verse 44, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And this is kind of an interesting thing here because it has the idea that they held their stuff with open hands and open arms. And we struggle with that, don't we? I know I do. You know, it's, it's my stuff, it's my money, my things. And we like to hold that close because we're afraid if we do this, that God's going to take it away and we'll lose our comfortable life. And I think God's big enough that he can figure all of that out. What he's looking for is for people to hold everything with open arms. And so they gave stuff away. They kind of recognized, you know, it's all God's anyway. He gave it to me first. So if he wants me to pass that on to somebody else, that's all fine. And so they shared with those in need and they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy. And here's the word, generosity. That was kind of the mark of that church. I mean, people looked at them and said, they are really, really generous. What's going on with them? Here's what else happened. Life change. Life change. It just began to happen. Verse 47, all the while. Here's what they were doing. They were praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Do you know what you can sum all of this up with? I think you can sum it up with two phrases. Real relationships and real significance. I mean, this is what you see in this chapter here in Acts. There's real relationships that are happening. People were getting real with God and getting real with each other. And God used them to do some significant things, real relationships and real significance. So what? Right? All right. Here, here they are. They're doing this stuff. Who really cares? That was way back in the day, a long, long time ago. What does this mean for us? What does this mean for Valley Point Church as we take a bold step of faith? How does this impact our lives? Well, I want to answer that third question of why is this important to us? And these also serve as our takeaways. So two statements. Number one. Steps of faith require attention to the basics. They do. And if we're going to take a bold step of faith, it requires that we zero in on a few basic things. This is the business of the church. This is what we should be doing. It's what this church gave themselves to, and it's now time for us to take that same kind of step and make that choice because bold steps of faith require attention to the basics. And yes, 
There's something coming for us that's going to require a bold step of faith. But before all of that, we've got to spend some time preparing spiritually for the great journey ahead of us. And so that's what this is about. It's looking at this church and saying, what did they devote themselves to? We need to be ready to do the same. And this is going to prepare us spiritually for a bold step of faith. You know, maybe you're here and you're beginning to wonder and think that Valley Point all of a sudden is going to change and we're going to become all about a building and that's all we're going to ever talk about. So I want to share with you that that's not my heart. It's just not. And that's not the heart of our leaders. We understand that there is a great journey ahead of us and we're very, very excited about how all of us are going to be stretched relationally, and spiritually, and how we're going to get the chance to scoot closer to God and really depend on him. That's what this journey is all about. And yes, we'll talk about a building at some point, and God's going to figure that out for us. But it's really more about the journey and what God does in all of us so that we can become an Acts 2 kind of church. And so why is this important? Because we've got to focus on some basic things like teaching, life together, and worship, and prayer. It's what we've got to dig in on, church. And so this is what we're going to focus on, and this is what we're going to talk about. And again, God's going to work some things out, and we'll share all of that at the appropriate time. But this is what we want to devote ourselves to and pay careful attention to, teaching, life together, worship, and prayer. So steps of faith. Whenever that happens, individually or as a group, It requires attention to some basic things, and that's just where we're at. Here's the second statement and the second takeaway, and that is a commitment to an Acts 2 kind of life brings confidence in God. It does. When we begin to do these kinds of things that you see here, it just brings confidence in God. And guess what I want more of? I want more confidence in God because I know I tend to rely on myself too much and systems and plans, and we all do that occasionally. But we need more and more confidence in God. It's what we all need. And when we live an Acts 2 kind of life, our confidence in God gets really, really big. And that's the step that we need to take. So let me ask you this question. How can you live an Acts 2 kind of life this week? When you think about this early group of believers and what they were giving themselves to and what they were thinking about and what they were sharing and how they were praying and worshiping and digging into scripture, how can you live that kind of life this week? And what about this month? How can you be an Acts 2 kind of individual this month and how can we be an Acts 2 kind of church? We got to wrestle with this. We got to think about this because we have a great journey ahead of us. A great journey. I want you to take out your connection card, which is in your program right now. And on one side, there are some next steps. And I want to read through these because they are very appropriate to what we're talking about today. And I want you to think about what step God might be asking you to take right now. And you're going to have the chance to fill this out and drop it in the offering bucket in a bit. But I just want you to think about these next steps. Because maybe as you consider what God is saying to you, you would say, I want to give careful attention to the basics of following Jesus this week. 
It's just time for me to zero in on teaching and life together and worship and prayer. And you just hear God saying that to you. I'd encourage you to take that next step. Or maybe your step is to say, I will pray for Valley Point Church every day this week that God would give clarity to leaders and that God would use this place to be a bright light here in this community. See, I think as we do these things and as we take these kinds of steps, God is gonna use all of us to be an Acts 2 kind of church that just made a huge difference in their community. People couldn't wait to get in on the action. I mean, they just wanted to be there because of how dynamic this group was. And I wanna say to you, I see the same kinds of things happening here at Valley Point. God has given us energy and momentum and the right kind of buzz. And he's taking us on a journey that is gonna be a great thing. And we're gonna get the chance to see God meet us along the way. But that's only gonna happen It's only going to happen if we do what we find in Acts chapter 2. So it's time to do this stuff, okay? What you give your attention to will control you. That's just the way it is. What you give your attention to will control you, and what we give our attention to as a church will control us. So let's do this. Let's give our attention to the right kinds of things, all right? Let's do that. Father, we are so thankful for some time to look at this amazing chapter and see how you used this early church and just thousands of individuals to make a real difference in their community. God, I believe you can do the same thing in and through all of us. So God, we come to you today And we just acknowledge the fact that you are amazing and you're big. And sometimes we rely on ourselves. And so we wanna get low and humble and say that we need you in a desperate way. And we wanna give our attention and our focus to a few things. Knowing that you are going to use that dedication and that overdose of care to cause us to be a bright light in this area and certainly around the world. So God, we give ourselves to this. God, we're going on a journey. We're going on a journey and we're so excited about that. And we just wanna pray and ask that you would help us to give our attention to the things that matter. God, over the next several weeks and several months, as we start putting all of this stuff together, Help us to dedicate ourselves to scripture and to life together and to responding to your greatness and worshiping you and certainly prayer. Help us not to shy away from that stuff, but help us to lean in in greater ways than what we've ever done before. God, and we know We know that you're gonna use us because we've been chosen to launch missional activities. So God, I just pray now that you would help all of us to live as sent ones, to live as chosen ones. And God, we just lift this up now. We place it at your feet and we pray it all in Jesus' name.
Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9, 15, and 11 a.m.